the chips? No. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Tuesday Night Podcast, a podcast that's normally all about the stories we make while playing the games we love on, around, and under the gaming table. But today's episode is a special episode because it's a Tuesday Night Playcast. Yeah! This is the Mothership episode. I've been looking forward to it probably more than you even have been. But with me, I have the creator and designer of Mothership, Sean McCoy. hey How's it going? So what you're going to be hearing is segments from our actual live playcast that we recorded on a stupid iPhone during Origins 2018. It has Lindsay Road in it. She's playing Dr. Jerry Conk, a scientist. You have Driver Ray, a soldier, played by Don Stroud. There's Ben Canellis, a.k.a. Sir Weenie. He's playing Clocky, an android. And then there's me. I'm playing a teamster by the name of Maxwell Fisher. But then we have the warden, Sean. What you're going to hear this episode is a whole bunch of swearing, watch out, and a whole bunch of crappy audio from a single iPhone that was passed around the hotel room on a very tired Origins Saturday night voices, raspy, people in the background, people in the foreground. If anything, what's cool is this has motivated us to get much better audio equipment for any future endeavor like this. <laughs> and we're going to chime in every once in a while to tell you what you've been hearing and maybe what's going on for any type of clarifications, just because we're so excited we don't want to shut up during this thing. But one of the cool things that I really like about the game is there is a sides with some characters. And you'll know when someone is taken outside of the hotel room into the hotel room hallway to be spoken to by Sean the Warden because you'll hear the door opening and shutting and they naturally have these whispered tones. So if you hear the door opening and closing, you know they're hearing something that none of the other players are hearing. But you'll get to hear it as a knave or knight. Keep that in mind because Maxwell Fisher never has an aside. Captain Driver Ray never has an aside. They're totally left in the dark. So keep in mind, if you think, wow, they're being stupid, they're not hearing everything. But let's talk about character creation a little bit, shall we, Sean? Yeah, so one of my favorite things about character creation is how fast it goes. It's designed to be a very lethal, dangerous game. And if character creation takes 30 minutes, then it's really gonna kill the momentum at the table. But this way, your character can die, be knocked unconscious, captured, shot into space, and you could be back up and playing in, no joke, probably five minutes. But we should talk about the characters you're about to hear. What do they have to roll, Sean, in order to get their four stats? So at character creation, you roll 6d10 for each of your stats and add that up. It'll give you a number on average around 30 or so. We've got four main stats, strength, speed, intellect, and combat. So you're looking at a minimum of six with a maximum of 60 then? That's right, but because you're rolling 6d10, everything sort of averages out in the middle. It's really, really rare that you would roll six or 60. So here's the only one thing I want to preface before you dive into this. With my character, I rolled my strength stat. 
out of a potential 60, I rolled a 57. So I had a 57 strength, which is almost the extreme maximum. My intelligence, I believe, was a 15, which is really dumb. So I had this really big, dumb Teamster driver character. So I think that comes into play a lot in the episode. This adventure slash module is called what? What did you call this, Sean? Psychotropics. Psychotropics. I think we should just jump right into it and shut up and let people start enjoying the episode, shall we? Welcome to Mothership, the sci-fi horror game. Thank you all for playing tonight. And you've all been picked and sent on a mission to go to Hecate 667C. What you've been sent to do is retrieve a top secret weapon that the military has been devising. The military base on Hecate 667C has been unresponsive for the past few weeks, and they've lost contact with Colonel Zeke, who's running the operation there. You've been sent along with Captain Driver Ray and his crew of mercenaries. How many did you bring? Two. We've got Duck and Sanjay, who I call Sanj. Very good. You've also been sent with a teamster named Max Fisher. Teamster, a gearhead. And I have a strong distaste for any technology that's owned by the corporation because as a union worker, that opposes pretty much everything I stand for. Union strong. And without the union, I'm pretty sure the corporations at large would own everything. I'm good at repairs. Pretty much if it's broken, I'll fix it. And the bigger the machine, the better I like it. If it's broken, I'm gonna love it until it's not broken anymore. To chaperone you on this mission, you've been sent with an android named... Greetings, I am the Compliance and Labor Optimization Construct. You can call me C.L.O.C. or Clocky for short. I will be here to log your time to make sure that you all stay within compliance of galactic law. I also hate you. I hate you, Clocky. I hate androids. They're the embodiment of the corporation. Correct. I work for the corporation. I was built by the corporation to keep an eye on you to make sure that you are at your finest tip-top shape, good sir. I didn't realize this getting into this, so I'm not too happy about this. It's kind of a living hell. So the only machines that I like are the ones that don't talk back to me with words. I appreciate that constructive criticism. In addition to Clocky, you've also been sent with a scientist, an expert in the field of... Biology. My name is Jerry Conk. I am a biologist. I've never done a field mission before. It's a little bit underneath where I really... It's dirty work. It's dirty work. Warden, how long have we known each other? That's a great question. I'd imagine Clocky is probably pretty new, maybe having a day or two or training with Dr. Conk. Yeah, Dr. Conk. Jerry. Dr. Conk, Jerry. Whereas Max, you probably know Ray Driver. I hang with the Marines. It's a blue-collar mentality, and I'm also noticeably big, so the Marines tend to like me just because I'm a meat shield, if nothing else. You could be a well-known mechanic and vehicle specialist that gets brought on missions like this as sort of a specialty. Sure. Yeah, you actually, we refer to him as Molehill, because he's actually a mountain. Ironic. That's pretty good. All right, Conk, step out with me into the hall. Okay. In your advisory role as a scientist, Mm -hmm. biologist on this mission, you've been informed that some of the secret weapons that they've been developing are psionic weapons. They've sent a team of psychic potentials down to the planet. 
in order to see how they can interface with different kinds of weaponry. You're aware of that, but nobody else in the crew is aware of that. Okay, it's good. your choice whether to share that information or not. Yeah, for now, we'll keep it that way. Okay. Your main mission is to travel down to the base on Hecate, find out what happened, retrieve any survivors, and in particular, retrieve the data on the developed weapons. Clocky, I'm also going to need to see you out in the hall. You've been sent on a very specific mission, a side mission. There is a specific kind of android called a Dorian, a widely banned kind of android. Why is it banned? It's banned because its entire job is to have shameful, embarrassing, and dark memories downloaded into it so that they can be removed from the subject. So people who are the subject of dark lifestyles and are very rich and powerful can download their memories into it to not have to worry about it. But also people who are engaged in super secret dark black site work involved with committing atrocities also might have a Dorian on hand so that they can remove those experiences from them and continue on their work. I just need to understand the purpose of the Dorian. Is, is the Dorian there so that people can put memories into it to destroy the Dorian? So that they're like, oh, those memories are gone. They're not in my head. Or is the purpose of that so that they can keep the Dorian around for later if they need the Dorian to do things that were from their dark past? So it's manifold. In some cases, it's used as a form of blackmail because they store and store and store, and they're very expensive, and they're super illegal to get. So you don't just throw one away or delete it when you're done with it. You might keep it around for a long time, continuously downloading thoughts into it. It's also for people who are running dark experiments, complicated experiments, to allow them to continue working without, without. the impediment okay. of the moral sort of anguish that goes through that. And then for the government to have that to go through it and keep the record of it in a way that won't hurt anyone. Dorians are really finicky. They're hard to work with. They constantly want to hurt themselves, but they're not allowed to. Your job is to retrieve it safely so that they can get that information back to the corporation. Do they want the Dorian or do they want the information? That's a great question. <laughs> Your understanding is that they want the Dorian, but that's a judgment call you'll have to make on the surface. Okay. Letter of the law, they said. Bring us back the Dorian. Okay, your captain informs you guys that you're pulling into orbit around Hecate 667C, and that you will all be loading into the dropship, which will bring you down to the planet. It's a sort of shuttle. So there we have our cast of characters. Sean, my understanding of the mission at this point is different for everyone. The main overt mission is go down, find Colonel Zeke to see why we've lost communication, but also bring back whatever weapon technology they were working on. Dr. Conk has to retrieve some type of psychic experimental subject and Clocky's going down to gather a Dorian. Am I right in thinking that? You're absolutely right. As per usual, corporations are only really interested in their assets, and everyone on board this mission is considered disposable, alongside the people who are testing these weapons in the first place. They want the Dorian back because it houses their strange corporate secrets, and they want their psychic weapon back before it gets in the hands of competitors. What we're about to hear is the dropship going down actually causes a bunch of stress. So what you may not hear is on the way down to this planet, we have to roll stress tests. Explain stress tests really quick, Sean. Essentially, you take on stress in a similar way that you would take on damage. And as you accumulate more and more stress, you're more likely to panic. And when you do, it's made worse by the amount of stress you have. Everybody's gaining stress based on how afraid they are, 
going down on the dropship amidst a sort of light ion storm in the atmosphere. But here's the problem. Stress is more severe around androids. So Clocky's on the dropship with the in total six crew members. So our cast of six characters, we have our four main players and then two mercenaries that are just NPC side characters that Don Stroud, Captain Ray Driver is controlling. But as long as the android's around, we have a harder time with stress tests. Why is that? Specifically, you have four saves. You've got a fear save, a body save, an armor save, and a sanity save. And these are how resistant you are to different kinds of challenges, damage, distress, that sort of thing. And androids give you what we call disadvantage when you have to make fear saves in their presence. Essentially, emotionally, humans find androids so disconcerting that whenever they're afraid, it's actually doubled by the fact that androids are around. So what that means is they have to make two fear saves and then take the worst result because they have disadvantage. So what happens right off in the beginning, before we even really start playing, is we're on this really shaky, turbulent dropship that lands us in the middle of this crazy jungle, stormy atmosphere. And on the way down, we have to do fear saves, etc. And everyone's already on edge. So let's shut up and get back to the adventure at hand. So you guys get on the dropship. The dropship comes down through a heavy turbulence and a burst of rain. Everybody go ahead and make fear saves. What I want you to do is roll D100 and try to roll equal to or under your fear. Oh, you are all at disadvantage. Did you all make your fear saves? We all failed them. You all failed? Critical fail, critical fail. Critical fail? What's a critical fail? If you, anytime you roll doubles. She got 99, I got 88. Wow, 99. Everybody is going to take 1d10 stress. So go ahead and roll 1d10 and add it to your stress. For fuck's sake, I'm kind of stressed out. If I were to put a number on it, I'd say I'm at like a 4. I'm at 12. Those of you who critically failed, roll 2d10. Did you roll above your stress? Yes. So you do not panic. You both took panic checks for critically failing. So you guys are all pretty rattled. It's a strange planet. The turbulence is awful. This is not what you guys were prepared for. You thought you'd come down, do a little bit of investigation. You didn't think you'd be on this sort of hellish jungle world. And they bring you down to the surface. Hecate is a dark, murky jungle planet. Picture a jungle world with constantly low rolling fog in the middle of heavy storm season. The dropship lands. When they start letting down the bridge. And the pilot says, You guys are gonna have to get moving. In the next 12 hours, there's gonna be an ion storm passing through here. And if we don't pick you up by then, we're gonna have to leave you here for another week. We won't be able to get back into the system by then. So you have 12 hours to get the weapons, get the information, and get back here. Otherwise, you'll be stranded. 12 hours, more than enough time. Starting timer now. Before you get off the instruction, you've gotta put on your hazard suits. The air, while breathable, the planet has not been fully terraformed. And so if you're outside of your hazard suit, you're gonna have to make body saves every hour or take damage. But it is breathable temporarily in short bursts. So you can do it. It's not gonna kill you, but if you're prolonged to it for a day, you're just gonna be taking damage, 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 damage because of the partial terraforming of the planet. When you guys hit the ground and immediately you're soaked, you guys see the dropship pull away to go into high orbit where it's not gonna be affected by the incoming storm for now. 
what the pilot's done is they've brought you to the last known location of the Colonel, which is his mobile command center. It's an armored personal carrier with a huge turret on top, but it's sunken into the ground and it looks like it's not working. All sorts of vines have covered all over it. There's a red light spinning around the top of it. It looks totally empty. So you're all sort of in your hazard suits with your comms on. Rain is streaking across your visors. You've got your Marines with you. I'm gonna open it up. What do you guys wanna do? We're gonna check for supplies. I'll follow. I don't wanna be left behind with not Marines. Duck and Sanj are going to open up the door. I'm gonna be looking around, keeping an eye out. We're in the jungle and we're on our way to... This is the last known location. Okay. You're trying to find out where the colonel is, where the weapons is, where the testing facility is. All of these things were established by the colonel on site. The mobile command center was sent from a dropship. That's your... Captain Driver's looking around, watching Duck and Sanj are uh, checking out the vehicle. They're going to go inside, but it's sunken into the ground a little bit, overrun All with right. vines. How many doors are on this thing? There's just one big sliding door on one side. And there's Probably. like an escape hatch on the top above the turret. Alright. So I'm just checking it out. I'm looking around. I'm looking at you guys. I'm shaking my head. Androids. Scientists. I like Max though. So it's locked, <laughs> big, big. but it doesn't seem trapped to him. Alright. It just seems sort of locked and like rusted a little bit. Right. Can I examine the mud that it's sunk in? Yeah. So you go over and you see that it's sinking into the mud seems to be because you're in the rainy season, mm -hmm. and for whatever reason this vehicle may have been abandoned. But while you're looking into the mud, you see these giant bipedal mechanical tracks following up alongside the mobile command center and then heading off into the jungle further away, about four feet long, three feet wide. They're huge tracks. Clocky, can you please come here? I certainly can. What can I do for you? Can you please identify these tracks? Match them with your database? Uh, I run a scan. Sure. Using tracks to a Malachi 9 advanced remote exosuit. It's a few meters tall. It's a huge mech. And it's built to be remote controlled by people with psionic abilities. Psionic abilities? Mm -hmm. So basically, they're drones that can be controlled by a human off site with their mind. I run a database scan. Were there any psionics that were sent down to this base that I know of? You don't have access to that information. You just know what the model is and the make is and what the build of it is. This is most likely not something piloted by the colonel. This is most likely something piloted by somebody else remotely. Correct. All right. Dr. Conk, I've identified this as a Malachi 9 advanced exosuit. And as you may know, that is remotely piloted. Thank you, Bucky. Captain? Any thoughts? No. So the team's landed and they come across this huge armored personal carrier, which is like a mobile command center. Imagine eight Hummers all strapped together, stacked on top of each other. It's just a big ass tank looking thing, a tank of tanks, if you will. And the door is stuck shut, but there's a hatch above. Already the biologist has found tracks in the mud and Clocky knows that it's some type of huge mech tracks. The rest of us know that it's some type of mech, but we don't understand that it's remotely piloted. But what you're about to hear coming up next is a little personality conflict, but what they find inside is not so fun. 
The turret on the top, it's unlocked and openable. Captain Ray, we have entry here. I suggest we hurry, as time is money. Captain Question, do you just want me to cut through this thing like a knife through butter? Or do you want to go ahead through the room? Yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't have our mag boots on, like, skin job over here, so... I don't wear my mag boots, they are part of my... Exoskeleton? I prefer the term chassis. So do I. <laughs> you have a hand welder? Yes, and my laser cutter. Laser cutter is a little bit of overkill, but you could hand weld through the door. It'd yeah. take you probably five minutes. I just know that the android went up top, so I say we go in through the side and do what us humans do. I don't care what we do, as long as we do it, instead of gabbing like little girls. Alright, I'm gonna start opening it if you don't mind, Open Captain. It. I'm gonna see if I can beat this android John Henry style. Alright, do it. I believe if that is your desired course of action, I will come down and make sure that you are following all agency protocol for breaking this door. Fuck you, Android. Just get in there and find out if you can open the door from the inside. You're basically expendable, so please go in there and be the bait. I'm not authorized to enter this vehicle without Captain Ray present. As a doctor, I'd this have to say that your stress levels are properly <laughs> reaching an unhealthy level. I will return to your side. Can you just open the damn door? God. Alright, yeah, fuck it. No opening. Alright, Captain, thank you. You cut through it, sparks are flying, and it just creaks open with a loud creak. It's dark inside, but there's the dim glow of instrument panels. Max Fisher hangs back so the military men can do their thing. Respect. I take note of the damaged company property. It's extensive. In fact, the entire vehicle seems to almost have been sabotaged. Clocky uh, has infrared built into his ocular units. Does he see anything that is not within the normal spectrum of light? There's signs of some sort of decaying life form inside. I detect a decaying life form. I smelled that two minutes ago, Clocky. I cannot smell. I'm sorry. <laughs> Seriously, they can build androids to be asshole weenies, but they can't build them to smell? That is a luxury model. Did I ever tell you about the luxury model back on Centron 5? Yes, you have. It's a good one. Now's not the time. So I have a med scanner. Can you explain to me what that does? The med scanner allows the user to scan a living or dead body and analyze it for disease or abnormalities without having to do a biopsy or autopsy. How close would I have to be to use it? You'd have to be about a foot or, a foot or two away. Could I use it on a basic level just to see if anything was alive within... Correct? That's the bio The med scanner's like meant to like treat somebody. The bioscanner's meant to look yes. for life forms. Sweep. Right. A radar of biomass. Which he's already done and saw that there was decaying organic right. material inside. Okay. How big is the dead thing? It's a person. It looks like a marine. His skin is hanging off his face. You could see exposed skull. He's bled out on the floor. He's got his backpack. He's got his sidearm out. The instrument panels have all been just really fucked to hell. Conk. I'm going to do a med scanner or whatever I could do to, to get more information from it. I also want to put my fingers into the wounds, pull it apart, and see if I can find any sort of organic material that wouldn't mm. or shouldn't be in that wound. So some kind of secreted organic material was put on this guy's face, like a naturally occurring acid. And it looks like from the wounds, something was torn off of his face. He died pretty quickly after whatever this thing was ripped his face off. What's the verdict, Jer? Well, he's dead. Yeah, thank you. 
I mean, I'm no brain trust, but... It seems like some other organic material was attached to his face at some point and was forcefully removed in one way or another, which led to massive blood loss and, and probably shock, which led to the shutdown of his organ systems. I'll do a scan if I can see if the organic material matches any sort of medical database. Nothing that you've seen before. That reminds me of when I lost that bet, driver, and you made me wax my chest. Is that kind of what we're looking at? Like, removing yeah. the wax and... Yeah, except in, if in layman's terms, that happened to his face. Ouch. So, whatever happened to this guy happened recently. Which is interesting because that vehicle had looked like it had been stuck there for a long period of time. And yet this man has only died in the last 24 hours. I've been down to collect the dog tags. Severance pay will be issued. The dog tags belong to a Corporal Silas Diego. Long no! <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying that whatever killed this dude is... Probably very, very close to us. Everybody gained one stress. Can we check the gear, see if he's fired his weapon, see how many clips are there, and of course, requisition the gear? He's fired a lot of his gear. He's got one pulse rifle clip. You also find an audio log on his person. Oh. Did we listen to that every You haven't. Why not? You just haven't done it. Let's, Let's do, do that. You hear this crackling out through the audio recordings, through the static, in a very afraid, hushed voice says, if you're listening to this, this is Corporal Ambrose Gideon. The colonel sold us all out. He took the girl and the rest of the men and went to that goddamn ziggurat in the jungle. All of them have those, those things on their faces now and you can't even tell us apart anymore. I'm taking what's left of the rations and ammo and heading to the tower. I'll broadcast on channel HC71 every hour on the hour. I hope you find me. Actually, that's a lie. I hope no one ever comes here again. And then it just fades out to static. Did we all just hear that? First. Does anyone feel afraid? No. Yeah. Then roll fear save. I don't. Disadvantage here in the presence of an android. Fuck. Lost. Because of fucking android. Fuck! Go ahead and gain seven stress. So timeline, how long does it take me to repair this thing? Probably half an hour, maybe an hour. I'm looking at this, I'm guessing 30 minutes, maybe an hour to fix this thing. You guys want me to get this baby up and running again? We do not have a destination in mind. Why would you repair this vehicle? Because it's broken and we can go around in this instead of running our naked asses out there with whatever acid goop is going on. It might not I'm be not talking bad. to the android, I'm talking to the cap. And cap, you want me to fix this thing so we can roll out of here or are we yeah, walking? why don't you fix this thing? Sean, I'm gonna begin repairs. Walk me through that. What's your most relevant skill, you think? Vehicle specialization, I'm an expert at it. That's awesome. Let me explain vehicle specialization. You should pick a class or model of type of vehicle for that. So for instance, this one, you, this one. <laughs> sure, you could do that if you want. That'll be what it is though, for the remainder of the lifetime of this character. What, what do I call this vehicle again? Let's call it an APC. Hey, I'm specialized in armor personnel carriers. That's one of the reasons they sent me down here is I fix these things. This is standard issue with military. I've got this thing. I'm gonna mechanically repair it. How do I do it, sir? So you're gonna make an intellect check. So what's your intellect? Fuck. 15. So you get to add your vehicle specialization to that. That is 15%. So you have 30. If you have any tools or if anyone's going to help you, spend the time helping you, you can get advantage on the roll, which means you'd roll twice and take the best result. I've got my hand welder, I've got my crowbar, and that's all I need. You probably want somebody to help you. Dark's going to help you. So he's going to be out of commission for about 30 minutes to an hour. That's right. Uh, I have an electronics tool set in case you want to borrow that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. May I borrow... Hey, Cap. 
take the electronics tool set from Clocky over here. Would you mind handing me that? Cap? Hey, hey, Clocky, do you mind? I can give them. These are company issues. Like, just shut up. Okay, now what do I do, Sean? So you've got a 40% with advantage. So we're going to make your first of two crisis check rolls. So you roll D% percent twice. Take the best result. You want to get under 40. 81 is no good. And 11 is good. In fact, it's a critical success. Ooh. Make that 15 minutes, Cap. <laughs> this thing has nothing but a little bit of a dent and nothing a good old-fashioned Max Lovin' wouldn't help. So you get in there and you see that whoever or whatever was trying to do damage to this thing might have been acting out in rage and wasn't directly trying to sabotage the vehicle because the things that they've destroyed aren't necessarily what you would destroy if your intent was to permanently disable the vehicle. Is the damage inside the vehicle? It's vehicle. inside the vehicle. Okay. It's within the electronics and right. the navigation. So maybe there's a scuffle, maybe there's a fight, maybe somebody was just lashing out. Were, were there any weapons discharged inside the vehicle? Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm at the computer station and yeah. I'm tap, tap, tapping away. I'm looking for the location of the ziggurat now. So what you can see, sort of a rudimentary GPS system, and it shows a couple favorites. Something marked facility, and then it's got a location deep in the jungle that's unmarked and unnamed. I believe I've located the ziggurat. Once we are up and rolling because of good Mr. Fisher's work, we will be able to visit it. Excellent, let's get started. I would like to radio back to Space Base, at least letting them know our progress. Yeah, the ion storms are getting in the way and you're having trouble making communication. Lockie, I want you to try to regain communication every hour on the hour, please. I will instead switch to the channel that that Marine... I was just going to say, can you switch to HC10 or whatever Yes, I'll switch to that channel and, and double check that, that real quick. Well. Wait, can't you do both? I thought you were a fancy android. Can't you monitor headquarters, whatever you call it, and freaking help voice guy. Dr. Cox had to do it every hour on the hour, which is at the same time that man is going to be radioing. I cannot do two things at the same time. Clocky, will you please do it on the half hour? I certainly can. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Clocky. Asshole. <sighs> <laughs> so you hear an auto broadcast on the HC71 radio channel, and it's just a location of coordinates that seem to be a perimeter tower on the outskirts four or five hundred yards away, but not in the direction of the ziggurat? They said that the girl was at the ziggurat, correct? Yes, the girl. Which, then we're heading to the ziggurat. Do we know about a girl? Who was right. the girl? It says the colonel took the girl. The colonel took the girl. Which girl? Beyond Do either the... of you think that you would know who the girl was? I think I might know who the girl is. All right. If you had to guess, the girl is named Ruth, mm -hmm. who is a high-level powered psionic potential. Mm-hmm. She's one of maybe six or seven women who's on this planet, but the one who has the highest score of signing okay. potential, your best guess, that's probably who he's referring to. He could be referring to a girlfriend, some local that okay. he knows, but there's a good chance he's referring to would that be high priority? from what I know from the mission. If the colonel's absconded with the highest potential psionic candidate, that seems like it would be definitely worth investigating, definitely something right. the company would want back. It's your call as to whether the success of your mission involves ignoring other locations right, or exactly. leads at Perfect. the expense of going that way. So there's that, and then there isn't another? Were they testing something on them, or would they the test? That's a great question. Oh, you son of a bitch. I just want to say for the record, all I know, there's face things, and we're going to be here a week if we don't hurry up. Let's get this done. Clocky, I want you to please proceed to the cigarette. Route is planned. I am waiting for Mr. Fisher to finish his repairs. Working on it here. 
I said a Samo flange. That's a wrench. So here is our party. They have landed on this planet, already shaken up. They get inside the armored personnel carrier, find some mutilated corpse from uh, an alien encounter of some sort. Then they have a couple of options now. Through the recording, they found Colonel Zeke has taken a girl to the ziggurat. The recording was from Corporal Ambrose Gideon. And then through listening to the GPS, and listening to the station that the audio recording referred to, long story short, they now have two locations possible. The ziggurat, which potentially has this girl, whom the doctor is the only one who knows anything about, and they also have some type of tower slash facility. The group has a decision. Option A, ziggurat. Option B, tower slash facility. And right away, the party has contention. So you finish your repairs. Do you guys want to go to the ziggurat? No. Yes. Okay, where do you want to go? You said the broadcast was from 500 yards away, mm -hmm. which is close. You said ammo, rounds, rations. I know you don't have to eat clocky, but did you guys bring rations down here? Well, I don't plan on staying in yeah. weeks, so no, I did not. Do you want to be prepared, or do you want to be dead? Prepared! If we do this mission right, we're in and out of here 12 hours. Now I have a very comfortable bed and an adorable puppy at home that I would very much like to see. So why don't we head to the ziggurat and actually complete our mission? Are you calling that Chibi Cthulhu your puppy? Yeah, since they've genetically made Chibi Cthulhus in real life, yeah, I'm kind of addicted to them. And I know they're a designer pet. There's some judgments about that, but you just don't know until you own one. I'm done with my repairs, so do you guys want me to drive this thing or do you want me to start repairing some weapons? Ooh, you could repair the weapons and we go check out the uh, rations. How long would it take me to repair the weapons? Because splitting up will be fun right now. Maybe another half hour to get the Gatling gun working, but you'd have to do it on the outside of the vehicle. You wouldn't be on the inside, so if they're driving, you're gonna be on top of the vehicle while they're driving. Well, Cap, it's gonna take me about 30 minutes to do this thing, but I'm not gonna be alone out there because that requires me going outside of this hunk of love. So, leave me, what's his name? Clocky. No, fuck, I don't want you to leave me Clocky. <laughs> leave me one of your Marines. Duck, I think, was helping you out. So, leave me Duck, Duck's been doing good. So do you want me to do these repairs with yeah. Ducky? You I mean, 30 minutes tops, guys. Yeah, we can we can beat it. Let's do it, ducks. Everybody make a fear save. A quarter of your time has passed, so we're just seeing how stressed out you guys get. Uh, and Seven. Hey, guess what? Can, I'm still here. Can he actually go away? Oh, shit. <laughs> Five. <laughs> Who all failed? I failed. Gain the stress. Right? What's everybody's stress at right now? Six. Just so I'm aware. Twelve. Seven. Twelve. Great. I love this game. <laughs> Who's heading to the tower? We're going. You and... Sanj. And Clocking come. We might need his. Uh... I feel like Clocking needs to oversee the repairs. <laughs> He's much more interested in the company. <laughs> that's, that's, that's probably true. That's probably true. He's he would stay. I'll go with you, Captain. Could use a good biologist. Yeah. Conk, doctor. I also have first aid skills if oh, anyone shit. needs assistance. Yeah. So, Conk, Ray, and Sanj, yeah. you guys head out on foot. The rain's thick. You're going to have to chop through the jungle. Anybody, you guys have a vibe shetty or anything like that? Dear listeners at home, I'm definitely looking for suggestions for a name, new name for the vibe shetty. <laughs> it was the first thing to come to mind, and I have never liked it. 
Vibrachetti would help a lot. Vibrachetti. Yeah. Name my next vibrator then. Because <laughs> there's a lot of bush. <laughs> so, Alpha Team, you guys head out. Bravo Team, you guys stay and work on the repairs. Alpha Team, you guys are trudging through the jungle. In the distance, in the direction of the distress signal, you see smoke barely through the rain and an orange glow. I'm going to proceed. Okay, as you approach, you clearly see there's looks like a hastily constructed guard tower in the distance, maybe for okay. setting up a perimeter. And at the bottom of it, there's a fire and three silhouetted forms, humanoid, standing between you, the fire, and the tower. I'm gonna call out. Cap Captain. Yeah. I just wanna remind you that we don't know what's been going on. We don't know who these people are or even what these silhouettes might be before you start waving, making general peace signs at them. And they don't know we're here right now. Now, I will always concede, as I am sure that you have a plethora of experience with strange men. <laughs> Conk, I think you're right. Sanjay, light him up. Go ahead and make combat rolls. <laughs> Are you shooting or no? No, I'm not shooting my gun at them. Haven't you heard about Driver Ray? Why are you only two extremes? Like, you're gonna say hi to them and you're just gonna gun them down. Do we hear their conversation since it's an open line? I would We're think that we had our own yeah, group. So, let me get this right. I've got 35. I already got the five. I'm gonna add five for having a Marine with me. Mm -hmm. So, that's 40. Mm -hmm. 15. For firearms. 55. The HUD. 65. That's advantage or disadvantage? We're gonna surprise them. Yeah. 19. 19. <laughs> so you guys yeah. just let out an arc of fire. Two of them just fall flat on the ground. Good idea, Conk. Both of you make sanity saves. Oh, fuck my ass. What's a sanity save? Sanity save is how your brain deals with rationalization of events that are beyond its comprehension. Did you guys pass or fail? Fail. Fail. Both of you hear this loud ringing in your head like tonight as, as soon as those guys drop. And both of you get nosebleeds, lose 1d10 health. Both of you make speed checks. Speed check. Alright, 31. My speed is not that. Fail. Critical fail? Ooh, wow. So the other silhouette just immediately turns towards you, and it's a tall, gaunt, looks like a marine, they're loaded down with equipment, but there's just this skin wrapped all around their skull. Both of you are stunned and unable to act, and you just feel your brain just feels like they're imploding. Okay, Conk, it's your turn. That creature is still coming towards us? Yeah, he's just walking towards you, sort of like the T-1000, just slowly. And you see this wrapped, skinless, skin face with no skin. features. Just he's moving slowly. He's walking. He's, he's walking. I'm gonna grab Captain Driver, and we're just gonna take off. Like this. So I'm so I'm stunned, but I'm sure um, Sanj might toss a frag grenade. Make a combat roll for him. Bonus from you being helpful. Forty-five then. Yeah. Oh, 19. So he just launches the frag grenade at the guy. And the creature sees the frag grenade coming, it looks up, and the frag grenade just stops, and then explodes. 
and your headaches, they feel quieter. So here's a big moment in the adventure. The group has split up into two parties, Alpha Team and Bravo Team. Alpha Team being three individuals, Sanj, Driver Ray, and Dr. Jerry Kunk come to the tower and they find these faceless, almost zombie-like things. And Sean, this is where they get attacked by psionic abilities. So now you've introduced psionics into the game. Yeah, I've always loved psionics ever since I saw Akira as a little kid. You and I have talked a lot about whether they have a good place in sci-fi, sci-fi horror in general. My plan for psionics is to never introduce them like magic powers, like Jedi powers, but instead have every psionic ability or effect be a totally unique thing, introduced one at a time, and have them have huge side effects dealing with stress, etc. So what you're saying is, in the Mothership world, psionics are so incredibly rare, and they come with such severe side effects that no actual player character would ever want them. And if you did have them, you'd probably want to get rid of them because your life is now in a timeline headed exponentially towards insanity. I guess what I mean is it won't be a comprehensive system. Every single version of psionics that we'll see hopefully will be a totally unique thing, but it won't be like, oh, you have three psionic points, etc. At this point, we're going to check back in with the Bravo team repairs going on in the APC. And this is where things take a little turn for the worse, not because of necessarily die rolls, but because of character choices. Let's tune back in. Go ahead and make your intellect check for your vehicle specialization. Okay. Plus 10 from the electronic toolkit. Oh, that's so 40. 40. And then what's his name's helping you, so you get the advantage. Critical fail, 99. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, but you have advantage because uh, the other guy is helping you, right? Is helping. Oh, thank God. Well, you guys are on the outside. Ninety-nine. No. Oh, you I don't critically know. failed twice. I rolled ninety-nine twice in a row. Holy shit! <laughs> I just rolled ninety-nine <laughs> twice in a row. What's wrong with these dice? I rolled I them. Okay. In attempting to fix the problem, what you weren't aware of was that lodged within the actual weapon itself was a live loaded round that had failed to eject. It had been fired but had not left. And so working on it, you detonated it. Causing a hole breach in the actual vehicle itself. So the weapon, the Gatling gun that you're working on is permanently disabled and the armor of the vehicle, it just can't sustain fire as easily. Fuck! Ah! Do I need to take a body safe since I just exploded something that sure. didn't? Make a body safe. Fail. 20 damage. So Duck made a save. Duck made a save. You know why? Because I took that blast. Because I'm the molehill. <laughs> so are we saying that maybe you tried to shield Duck from the blast? Right. You knew it was coming. You saw it was fucked. You mm -hmm. jumped on the grenade. Okay. I think Duck is pretty impressed by that. In fact, give Duck plus 19 loyalty. Uh, your mercenaries have loyalty, which is called into question whenever they're mm -hmm. asked to do something beyond mm -hmm. what they think is reasonable. Just to play it out for Clocky. Clocky heard an explosion out there, and then heard an explosion on the roof where the Marine and the Teamster are doing work, Clocky would assume we're under fire? Like something launched something at us? Fuck it, I'm driving the ship away. He's in mid-panic, so he's gonna start driving the ship away. I'm gonna drive it to the ziggurat. Okay, yeah. Well, we're on top of the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you're driving towards the ziggurat? That is my prime objective. 
we only got 12 hours, and Ion Storm sounds pretty bad for an android, so I'm GTFO at this point. Okay. Ducky and Max definitely go through the top hatch since that was open and never closed. And we want to jump in. May I make the assumption that we jump in and see that the fucking android is driving this thing? That's what's happening. We're under attack! No, that was an error mechanically. There was an... Just stop. It's fine. I am damaged. We are under attack. No, I, I was damaged. We're fine. The APC is a little damaged. Stop driving! You're leaving frickin' Driver and Jerry behind! Stop driving! Is that a direct order? Yes, stop driving! Stop stop driving. Okay. Maxwell is gonna take the wheel and start driving towards the tower to pick up Jer and Driver. So you start heading into the jungle. It's mobile. It's still a vehicle. It's just not as equipped for combat as it used to be. What are you guys doing? Were you heading back? Yeah, okay. we were we were sprinting back. The tangos are down. Oh, did we defeat that final? There were three. Two them. drops. You threw a frag grenade, and the other thing exploded, and you hurt. And them. your headaches are getting better. Did the... Well, we should check out this tower since we went there. Right? Okay, just I just want to be clear. Picture in my head. I thought we threw the frag grenade. The creature like caught it in the air with its brain, mm-hmm. exploded it, and then was still coming at us. It still hit him. It still hit him. Okay, I missed that part. I don't think we'd be running quite as fast without any enemies. So your goal is to still leave? (laughs) Oh yeah, we're leaving. Okay, she wants to leave. Listen. What's your name? Jerry. Doctor. Jerry Conk. For you, just Dr. Conk. Dr. Conk. This is a, gives me a marvel of biology that I shot down for you. Thanks to your excellent recommendation, by the way. (laughs) There's a creature wrapped around that dude's face. And I don't want creatures wrapped around our faces. Listen, we have very strict guidelines for this mission. This mission is to go get a piece of equipment and get off this planet. What if this is the weapon? Were they then doing bio-research here? That's bio- classified. Oh. This isn't the specimen I want to check out right now. Hey, I'm married. <laughs> In space, no one can hear your vows. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want to check these creatures out, we at least have to grab the ammo and some of the supplies. Listen, we don't know what this thing is. If there's yeah. more of these, then I don't know what we can do to protect ourselves. We can shoot. Your them. face is covered in blood, sir. And a little scratch. From your nose? Yes. <laughs> Listen, I'll give you 10 more minutes to get in there and get out, but we don't touch anything. You don't breathe anything in? Can I touch the guns? Yes, since we're playing Captain Asshole, I guess you can touch the guns. Let's go look for some guns. Driver, you're heading up to the tower? Yes. With Sanj? Sanj. In the meantime, we're driving to the tower. Yes. You're walking up to the tower, mm-hmm. and then about five meters in front of you, a bullet hits the ground coming from the tower. You hear an identify yourself coming from the tower. Captain Driver Ray! What yeah. unit are you with? I don't fucking know. Where did you come from? I don't 20, know, Captain 23rd Raven. Are this you? is Sanj. Sanj's like, hey man. I don't... Are you one of them? No, we just dropped. A spotlight aims down on all you guys. Drop, drop your weapons. Absolutely not. Yeah, we can't do that. Let me see your faces. Are you taking your helmet off temporarily to show your face? Oh, or hazard suits yeah. on. Yeah, do not remove that helmet. He's got a scared face, he's gonna shoot. Then let's just go. 
Ambrose, we heard your message. I'm coming down, but I warn you, you can't get inside my mind. I don't want to get inside your mind. At this point, the mobile command center rolls up. Look who's here. that? Who? Who's that? Who's? They're coming! It's Max Love and Clocky. <laughs> He's a fucking glam rock band. <laughs> and Ducky oh, and Ducks. Oh yeah, and Ducks. <laughs> That's the colonel's command unit. No, he's They're gone. coming for us. Yeah, no, he's no, no, he's gone. He starts firing APC. at the APC. I will run into the vehicle, turn to Clocky, and go, Clocky, we're under attack. Man the turret. <laughs> <laughs> There's no turret. It blew up. Remember? She doesn't know that. Oh. <laughs> there is a turret, but what's the one that blew up? I want to. The Gatling gun. Blew oh, the Gatling gun. I'm sorry. The light mortar is still working. All right. Light mortar, but that's a heavy, heavy, heavy weapon. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, let me, let me just do it again real quick. Clocky, we're under attack. Get to the Gatling gun. The Gatling gun is broken. Why is the Gatling gun broken? Because we are under attack. We're under attack right now. I, where's the Gatling gun? Jer, it's my fault. She, she didn't like my love. I, I made a mistake. There was a casing in there. There's no Gatling gun, but we got a mortar in the turret. Are we under attack? We are under attack. Should I drive away again? No, I'm behind it. Get away from me, Clocky! You broken piece of shit! Ambrose, stand down! Okay, stop firing. Tell, tell them to get out of the vehicle. I need to see their faces. I launched the mortar. <laughs> Alright, make a combat roll. Some driver race shit right there. He's shooting at us, and now I'm shooting back. Well, listen, I'm told I can't There's drive someone away, else. so I'm gonna shoot. You fire a light mortar round, and it goes right up into the tower. Perfect mathematics Boom. of an android. Just explodes the tower completely. Huge explosion. You feel it rocking in the ground. You see a little bit of blood, maybe a foot land. Ambrose is gone. We are no longer under attack. Good job, team. You were still outside during this whole thing, trying to talk to the dude. That's why I always say, don't bring the android. Captain Driver, now that we've incinerated everything that you decided to go looking for, perhaps we could continue with the mission? How about these specimens? They're still standing here. That is so, not our prime directive. We need to reach the Ziggurat and Colonel Zeke. An android who doesn't want the alien specimen. Well, I've seen everything now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to turn this thing around and start headed out. You guys start heading towards the coordinates that you found on board the mobile command center. You all get a second to catch your breath if you want. So... Corporal Ambrose Gideon just blown to schmitherines. This entire potential side plot line has just been absolutely truncated through the actions of Dr. Jerry Kunk and Clocky in a very short amount of time. My understanding is the motivation behind that was probably because she just wanted to go to the ziggurat to find the girl. And I know that now because I've heard the asides. But what happens from this point is on the way to the ziggurat, we have to do a whole bunch of fear saves because time is running out and pretty much every 15 minutes in real time. Sean, you had us do some checks because the stress was increasing of knowing we only had so much time, I believe 10 hours in game time. Otherwise we'd be stranded there for two weeks. 
So this automatically added more stress to us. But here's the problem. Clocky is already stressed out. And as an Android, it's almost contagious. So what happens is on the way to the ziggurat, Clocky falls apart to the point where he actually breaks and shuts down. Before this happens, it has this ripple effect of everybody's failing fear saves left and right. So now we're not so much concerned about our physical health anymore, but our mental health is in the toilet. I gave out a lot more stress in this one shot than I would have given out in my home campaign game. Specifically, like Alan said, setting a timer, making them take fear saves every 30 minutes or so as we played, as the clock sort of ticked down. Because in one shots, you want to see panic checks. You want to see people freak out. Whereas in a campaign, it's a lot more of a deliberate, slow pace. And that stress is more something like debt. Whereas it builds up. If you don't take care of it, it'll get on top of you. Whereas in a one shot, you sort of want that chaotic, frenetic pacing. And I thought it was better to amp that up for this podcast. Here's a little audio that didn't make the cut. Because we're on our way, we had this opportunity to take a rest since we're just traveling from point one to point two. And when you rest, you can choose to either heal a little bit or gain some sanity back, for lack of a better term. Right, Sean? That's right. But it just totally backfired because of time being short. That's when we had to roll these fear saves. So by the time we arrive at the ziggurat, we're all falling to pieces. But I don't need to tell you. You can hear it. Right, meow. So you're gonna have to make a panic save. That's a six. I'm already below my stress. You are broken. Oh no. <laughs> what this means is for the next 12 days, you panic whenever somebody nearby you fails a save. Jer, what's going on with the android back there? Oh, the fucking thing is broken. Sweet. No, it's not sweet. It's not sweet at all. It's you guys arrive. It's a huge storm outside, and you pull in to this giant, weird clearing, and you see this huge, like a D8, like a pyramid, and then an inverted pyramid of pure abyssal black, rain bouncing off of it, floating about 100 meters in the air. So even the bottom point isn't touching anything? Yeah. And down near the bottom, where the point points to the ground, there seems to be some kind of black totem. You guys are in danger of like going insane and having heart attacks. What the fuck is that? Can we just get one goddamn normal thing on this trip? Face waxers! There's a fucking thing floating in the air! Captain, let's just finish this thing and get home. The only good thing in this whole goddamn trip, the android broke. <laughs> Alright, what do you guys want to do? Conk. Yes. What is the deal here? Can you be more specific? If you think I haven't put the butt of my rifle to a woman before... Listen, if you're asking for specifics of the mission, we go in, we get this girl, we get out, you got Who to... Who is the girl? Wait, I thought the mission was a weapon. You're talking about a girl? Yeah. The girl is the weapon. <laughs> You fucking scientists you and your fucking bullshit. It's as bad as this piece of metal over here. You know when you had appendicitis and then you didn't die? That's because of science, sir. I didn't have an appendix. Yeah, because we bred it out of you. Thanks again, science. What did you say about my mom? Listen, guys, can we just call in and say that the mission can't be successful because there's no way we're getting up there. So, whoops, you didn't give us any type of equipment to go up into a floating D8. Let's abort, yeah? Done. Max out. There's no aborting this mission. 
They're not going to do it. The only way that they come and get us is when we have the girl. What do you know about this girl? Who's this girl? She's your mission. That's all you need to know. Wait, wait, you're saying this is a little girl? Yes. When I say girl, I don't mean one of your flopsy mamas. Well, let me tell you, I just saw dead marines with face waxers all over them. There's gonna be a dead little girl. We're not calling them face waxers. That's a fucking, it's like my chest and the wax and the face and it rips it off. I'm telling you, the girl's dead. We're out of here. Cap, back me up here. Girl's dead. You're marines. This guy, the fucking dead corpse that's behind this driver's seat is dead. Right? Let's go. Where are we gonna go? Take yeah. us back to the ship. Who's gonna take us up? Yeah, they're not, they're not gonna retrieve us if we don't get this girl. All right, well, this thing doesn't have a up gear, so how do we get in the D8? All right, fuck it then. If we're gonna save her, I'm gonna see if I can drive this thing up there. I'm gonna drive right to see what that thing is. Maybe it's some kind of spring that will help launch <laughs> us into this DH. Fuck it! <laughs> you pull up to the clearing. There's a two meter tall black obelisk with some sort of markings on it. You're under the giant ziggurat now and you're being shielded from the rain, but you're in this dark, deep shadow. It's eerily cold and quiet. You can even feel it coming in through the hole. And there's corpses that have been dismembered lying around the obelisk. There's some sort of markings on it that you can't see from inside the vehicle. All right, I turn to the guys and say, listen, I just don't want you guys to know. This little girl, she's not going to be like other little girls that you've known. She's going to be a little different. Yeah, dead. We don't know that yet. So if she's dead, our mission's complete. We can still leave. Yes, that's the understanding. Yeah, you give me the corpse of that little girl. And I will call this mission. No, 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 no. I'm the driver. The driver stays with the vehicle. I think you mean you go get the little girl. Ducks, you'll help her out, right? I'm sure Ducks can watch the vehicle for you. You are our expert. Your name is... I'm the expert driver. Your name is Max, which is the name of all, I assume... I thought you were smart. A biologist, Maxwell's my name. What are you talking about? That has nothing to do with anything. That's a stupid name that my parents gave me. Listen, I've never been good at the complimenting to get people to do things thing. But you're just going. You're just going, and then I point my gun at him. Oh, oh. Cap, you have a gun too. Just reminding you. I'm just looking back and forth. Clocky, you're back online. Are we under attack? Clocky, you back with us? I am. I am running a bioscan now. There's a lot of life forms inside the ziggurat. It's hard to make out. It's like a zoo up there. You can't tell the size of them, but they're faint. It's almost like there's a huge swarm of bees or something in there. There are plenty of life forms within the ziggurat. Whoa, hey, whoa. We're here for one life form, and does your bioscanner thing-a-ding tell us if they're alive or dead? I detect no dead bodies, only live bodies. Do you detect a life form that stands out amongst what you're currently detecting? Don't you think at this point, since we're kind of all fucked here, that we should at least be a little open with each other? I know the story that when a craft was going down, everyone just started telling everyone their dirtiest secrets because they didn't want to take them to the grave. So I think that moment is now. Who is she? Hmm? She is the mission objective. Yeah. Why is she so special? See, I told you. She's a mission objective. Fuck you guys. He's not a marine. He doesn't get it. Listen, guys, if I tell you a little bit about what's going on, will you just get moving? Yeah. That is outside the mission parameters. I suggest we complete the mission first. All right, let's move and talk. For instance, I'll start, hey, my second wife's name was Beatrice, and I cheated on her, and that's why that marriage didn't go well. I know the Iron Storm is approaching. We should complete the mission. Okay, I told my secret. Little girl has... 
an importance factor because... That's classified. Clocky, would you do me a favor and go pick up that rock? I really need it. It's for biology. I'd be happy to. Would you like me to collect these spare oh. parts as well? Yes, as long as that only takes around 120 seconds. All right, I start picking up all the severed arms and legs and collecting them. Yeah, that was, that was dumb. So while he's gone, mm -hmm. there was some experimentation here. Mind stuff, like fucking weird brain shit. It doesn't matter. We just get this girl. We forget we ever were on this mission. I'm sure we'll get a nice big bonus for hazard pay. And we all get to never see each other again. I mean, I don't mind if I never see you again, but I kind of have a yeah, friendship going on here. So, yeah. fuck you, Jer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's never see Conk again. Yeah, Jer. Yeah, never have to see my face again. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You and your living dildo machine over there can go fuck off for all I care. Whatever. Clocky, you can um, just, you just put those, just drop them in, over there. I start stacking them meticulously. Okay. Yeah, everybody make a panic check. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way that we can roll. I'm panicked. Yeah. Panicked? Panicked. I have yet panics. to pass a roll in this game. Not a one? Not one. Have I passed yet in this game? So you're going to gain four stress. Now, make your panic effect table roll. Roll 2d10 and add your current stress. You gain 1d stress, and for the rest of this mission, you have to make a fear save to engage in combat or flee. You've become cowardly. I rolled a 35. <laughs> We're off the charts here. Psychotic. Okay. Immediately attack the closest crew member until you do at least 2d10 damage. Looks like Clocky's really close to me. <laughs> so you have this innocent android stacking dead people's body parts. Now I'm rolling a d100 to hit. That is... A critical success. Mm -hmm. Critical Clocky success. You. Now I roll d100 for damage. Mm -hmm. D100?! Yeah, a laser cutter. So, 42. <laughs> Times 2. 84 damage. 84 damage. <laughs> what? I just woke up. I just got up again. Dude, I, I was so dutiful. Cut him in half. So you just slice an arc right through clocking. The mission. No. So you have to run me through. I'm not quite sure what happens to me. Okay. So you rolled, what, a 17? Yes. Jesus. You're going to gain two new phobias. You can pick what they are. What are you afraid of? I now have a phobia of androids and corpses. So already we're down two teammates just from that one really stressful drive over to the ziggurat. We had Clocky shut down temporarily. Captain Driver Ray eventually had a heart attack. Dr. Jerry has two new phobias, androids and corpses. And then there was a psychotic episode with Max Fisher. But I think as we're listening to this, one thing that people need to take into account is what's actually going on in real life with the players. Because this is in the middle of Origins, Saturday night. You can hear it in our voices. We are actually tired. And what you're not realizing is that this is, how, how long into this are we, Sean? We're about three, three and a half hours in. 
So this is the system working as planned. The results are compounding. People are freaking out, which is leading other people to freak out, which is creating more and more consequences, which is sort of what you want to see in Mothership. You want to see this stress and fear and all this rage and tension between people not sharing information, between parties splitting up, between people not working as a concerted effort or thinking through their plans, just going, 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 even chasing after the mission without doing any sort of investigation or prep work. It's all coming together and sort of bottled bottlenecking at this one explosive moment, which is the system working exactly the way it's supposed to. Because we as the players are starting to feel this helplessness. We just lost two of our party members. The other two Marines are not loyal enough to come join us. They're just hanging out in the APC. All we have left to do is retrieve this girl in hopes that the dropship will actually pick us up, but time's running out. What will happen? Will we get the girl? There's only two of us now. Is Driver Ray dead? Let's find out. Alright, so it's the final four hours. Heart He's attack. Gone. You're dead, sliced in half. You are feeling a little better <coughs> from having killed the android. <sighs> oh, fuck that guy. Alright, what do you guys want to do? Did you see what I did there, Driver? Did you see what I did? I'll make a body safe. <laughs> what? Driver's dead. <laughs> oh, oh, it's good. Oh, I made it. I made my body safe. You're unconscious. We don't know anything about what's going on with you. Driver. Driver, am I right? Driver. Jer, what's going on with Driver? Um, I don't, I don't know right now. Tell me he's not um, a corpse. Tell me he's not a corpse oh right God, now. Stop saying the word corpse. <laughs> just tell tell me you, he's not a stiff. Can you just drag him over here, please? Just drag him, like, to me, away from where he is now. Yeah, I'll drag him over here. Let me put down this awesome clocky killer. <laughs> oh, what about the other two dudes? Ducky and Sanji. Neither of them will get out of the vehicle. Medical check. I'm gonna use my med scanner on driver. He's comatose. He could come out of it in about seven days. So you're effectively out of this session. Right. All right. Yeah, we'll have him dragged off by... But I have one eye open, looking at Maxwell. Jer, he keeps winking at me. <laughs> He's winking at me, Jer. All right, let's go in. Let's kill him? Did you no. say let's kill him? <laughs> no, let's not kill him. Let's just go and get this girl. Lead the way, Jer. I will. Am I still walking amongst corpses? Yeah. All right. Part just let me know yeah. if I'm in any areas where like that fear would really be prominent. Sure. Um. <laughs> Besides, Besides this one. Besides this one. <laughs> You're living in the trauma right Sorry. now. It's not yeah. new trauma. Right. It's okay. not PTSD. It's just TSD. <laughs> and a door. Two tall in yeah. the middle of the field. Okay. With markings on it. I will walk up to that. You see these three markings? For the <laughs> to the like, at kind of like your height. For the listeners at home, it's a horizontal line, a triangle, and then a pentagon. And then below that are these three symbols. One of them looks like an octagon, some sort of other shape, and maybe a hexagon. At this point, I will actually take off my helmet, of my hazmat suit, and light a cigarette while I examine these symbols. Sure, yeah. I feel like under this much stress... The nicotine addiction would just win. And we've been out here for hours, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, You're so, yeah. It. I'd be cracking by now if I was a smoker. Yeah, I'll give you minus six stress for that. Okay. Smoking in the face of death. I think that reduces people's stress for sure. <laughs> the best I can tell you is that that's a two-pointed object. 
a three-pointed object, and a five-pointed object, followed closely by a six-pointed object, a seven-pointed object, and an eight-pointed object. Um. Touch it. Yeah, why not? I touch it. I stroke it like it's never been stroked before. Which of the symbols are you touching? Uh, the first one here. The one that is a uh, six-pointed object. You touch it and it glows. Make a body save. No. You feel this molecular hum, and then you don't see anything, but your arm just gets sliced off. Take 20 damage. You should have given me a little bit more, because I don't want to be alive in these conditions anymore. <laughs> so I'm at three health. Am I even conscious Jer, 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 I couldn't help but notice that you've just got de-armed, but I have on me my hand welder. Let me solder that thing for you. Okay. Oh, wow, wait, no. It looks pretty clean. It is a weirdly clean cut. You're not okay. feeling the pain. But the blood is coming out? The blood is not coming out. We're in the planet Hecate's 667-something. The name of the planet is Hecate 667. Anyway, we're in a 667C. So why don't you hit the 6, 6, and then 7, and then hit the C button. That's the name of this planet. With your good arm, please. <laughs> you guys are both looking at it. She doesn't have to do anything. Oh, man. I think she just, like, yeah, just sits against the wall and slides down and just Great. keeps smoking that cigarette. Sure. I'm going to go ahead and grab her severed arm, mm -hmm. and I'm going to manipulate her hand to touch the one that has eight sides to it, the octagon. Because this is a D8, baby, and there's eight sides to that thing. You feel... Through her hand? Yeah, this electric field going up through right in front of your fingertips where you're holding her arm, and the front part of her arm falls off, and you're holding on to just basically a filet mignon. Jer, it wasn't the octagon. <laughs> Yeah, keep trying. Well, what do you remember hitting? I got the six. I'm gonna be honest. I don't know if we have to do this mission anymore. <laughs> How do we leave? We can't leave. Are you just saying we're dead? Yeah, we're pretty much fucked. Okay, well, oh, if you're giving up, take that cigarette arm of yours and hit that second to last symbol, please. With one arm missing and traumatized, and there's no reason I should be conscious right now. Jay, let me ask you something. You ever feel there may have been something in that tower that may have helped us out in this situation? No, I don't see how that's possible. Maybe, like, there was someone in there that maybe knew something about this shit? Listen, if you're gonna play the logic game with me right now... Okay, can I please drag Jer over there and force her to push a, <laughs> uh, the second-to-last button? Which one do you want her to press? The Pac-Man, upside down Pac-Man symbol, please. Yeah, is there any way for me to resist that? Or like attack him? Or just like, you don't have to do anything. go you berserk? Make strength checks. Yeah, I'm going berserk. There's oh. no way I'm touching that with my other arm. Let's, uh, let's see how well you do <laughs> against the molehill there, Jer. So whoever rolls higher without going over their own stat wins the opposed check. A 49. And she rolls a critical success. So it's your call. How do you win this? Yeah, so he tries to push me over. I grab him, and I slap his arm right up against that symbol. <laughs> your hand feels it, and it's cold. You can feel it through the hazard suit, and you feel this. 
then this light comes down. And you see this huge opening. Iris out, dilate out in the bottom of the ziggurat, and you guys both start floating. Up, up, up. You're 50 yards up, you're 100 yards up. You're getting sucked into the bottom of this ziggurat, into this huge dark chamber, and below you, it irises shut, and then drops you onto the floor, into a, a circular chamber, about the size of a football field, dark, black, cold, but it's dimly lit, you don't know where the light is coming from. There's a corridor, uh, in one of the walls ahead of you, and it's weirdly human-sized. There's no reason for caution. I'll well, strip off the rest of my hazard suit. Because if I'm going to die, I'm going to die comfortable. Go for it. Yeah. All right. Oh, I only how's, the, how's the air in here? Totally breathable. What are you going to do? Yeah, let's I'll walk to the door. And this is all about speed forward. now. Um, and you go through sort of the cutout tunnel ahead of you. Along the walls are pictographs carved in almost like Egyptian hieroglyphics, but all with these people with these cloths hanging off of their faces, these capes draped over the sides, and they're building huge pyramids. They're worshiping these strange creatures. There's a huge creature with a cape draped over its face, pointing, and then bowing, that sort of thing. It's just these pictographs of great works etched in the sides of these walls. You keep moving forward and you arrive at another huge chamber this one bigger than the first, but the whole thing looks papered over with dry paper-like substances, like picture something the size of a half a newspaper and it's brown, almost flesh-like, and it's just covering the walls and the floors and everything on the ceiling. It has kind of a faint, leafy fluttering, <laughs> kind of shimmers as you enter the room. Thousands and thousands and thousands hanging off the ceiling. Jer... That looks kind of fleshy. You're a biologist. Isn't that like the study of flesh? It is the study of flesh. I'll get I'll get my med scanner okay. and see what I can learn from one of them. They're all individual organisms, but at a very, very low sub-hibernation sort of state of existence. Okay. They're in deep, deep hibernation, waiting for something to wake them up again. Right. So... It's not actually a tarp, it's, it's many pieces, and it appears to be, or at least what the scanner's telling me, is that each one of these is its own organism. They're in hibernation. That's Are you telling me this is a fucking room of face waxers? It looks like this is a fucking room of face waxers. But um, we ditched our helmets, so we're good, guys. No, 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 my helmet's still on. Oh, is it? Yeah, I oh, never I took my went. helmet off. Well, Jarrah, how do we get across this without stepping on anything? Are we stepping on some now? Do you uh, have anything that could set it on fire? Yeah. I have my oxygen tank, and yeah. I have my clocky killer. I can go ahead and use that on this thing, the laser cutter. It won't necessarily set anything on fire unless you have something combustible. Because I would have cigarettes, which means I would have like a lighter or something. Sure. So, is there something that we can we can make with the stuff we have? Build like a I bomb? have you an idea. Give a bomb. You don't need it, so go ahead and hold the oxygen tank in your arms. That's rude. Yeah, I got one arm. Oh. <laughs> Can you hold the oxygen tank in your arm? I mean, I probably could make it work. All right. Yep. Got it? All right. All right. Cool. I'm going to take my clocky killer, and I'd like to boot Jer into the room to see if anything happens. Wait. I thought we were throwing the oxygen tank in there. No. That's what you thought. You 
are the no. worst. Make an opposed strength check. Alan, you have advantage for the surprise. <laughs> I got 48. I got 9. And my strength is 57. Did you fail or succeed? Did no, my fail? strength is really weak, so I failed. Okay. You kick her into the room, and she, she's in the middle of the room. I just sprint right towards the other side. I don't get out of this room. So you're running through the room, and these things just start floating, detaching down and attaching to you. Make an intellect check. Oh, I passed. I did it. 31. So these things are burrowing into you, Mm -hmm. and you can feel them just whispering in your mind and reaching, but you're just mentally blocking them out and pushing them out, even though biologically they are attaching to you. You could feel them trying to direct your movements, but you're able to maintain control of your body, and you make it to the other side of the room. Okay. As soon as I see this, however, I'm gonna pull the trigger on my clocky killer. You gonna shoot her? If I see things floating and hitting her and burrowing into her flesh, yeah, that was the plan. Make a combat save. Do you think I would be able to like keep hold of the oxygen tank when I was like pushed in there? And then holding onto it for sure. Failed the combat check. The laser just goes right across the room. In fact, it hits the walls, but doesn't cut through, which is super rare since it's meant to cut through the whole of ships. It's gonna have to reload in a round. You see that your former partner is firing at you. Yeah, I'm just poking it to the other Hey, room. don't lead the witness by saying former partner, please. <laughs> yeah, so I just keep trying to sprint through that open door. All right. You're heading down another hallway. Everything's moving past you fast. More pictograms. These ones more elaborate. You see the people with the things over their heads are making these sort of mental projections and lifting great bricks. And you come to the final chamber. As far as you can tell, there's no other exits. And in it are 12 Marines standing directly at attention with these things covering their faces. And then sitting on a huge throne in the back is Colonel Zeke, who has one of these draped over his shoulder next to him a huge exosuit and where the cockpit would be is just covered in these just plastered to it like wallpaper all these sorts of skin things you can't see what's inside the cockpit and he looks at you and goes well 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 should take some a long time to get here doesn't it and his name is captain colonel zeke colonel zeke so i guess i'll skid to a stop look up and go colonel zeke well you made it this far What's the news, honey? Seem awfully casual for an infestation of alien species in your mind. This isn't an infestation. This is an evolution. You have any idea the structure that you're in? What we've accomplished together? A ten hut! All the Marines do their present arm thing, but they're all just completely faceless. When you say we, can you elaborate? I don't think I could elaborate in a way that your brain could understand. At least not for a couple days. Is Ruth with you? You had a name? Yeah. Fuck. You're looking at her. And he points to the giant mech. Oh, fuck. I am so fucked. So royally, royally. Okay. I don't think you guys can be useful. Ruth, men, dispatch. And you see this, like, sort of where the creatures are on top of the mech. 
and then my cubs like and the marines all turn go ahead and make a speed check uh ooh, that's actually good so 17 and my speed is 29 you get attacked first so I'll try to try to jump on the mech, like run behind the mech and just start climbing up it. Sure. That's exactly what I'm going to do. All right. So you run up to the mech, you grab one of the handholds, you start climbing yeah, up but it. but only with one arm, not with two. Right. Yeah. You're clambering up it. <laughs> <laughs> you, can get, you can scale the mech in this turn, but that's really all you can do. You're on yeah. top of the thing. That's that's what I'm doing. But that, that would hopefully shield me a little bit is what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to bust that, that thing open. Get inside of it. All right. Remove uh, that child. All the men start firing at you. Go ahead and make an armor save with advantage. So roll twice to take the best result. It's 39. My armor is 35. All right. But the hive mind, sort of all of them just lift and just... <laughs> just blow you off the back of the mech. <laughs> Go ahead and take 50 damage. 50 damage? I three health. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I die, right? I don't turn into one of them. Yeah, you die. It's still a win. Do I get one last shot? What are you doing? Shooting again. All right. Uh, that would be a 91 miss. Okay. Another laser comes through, and then you just hear a coming your way before your timer goes off. And you realize the shuttle's left. Fuck, I'm here for oh, two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what it was? Two weeks until the next one? Mm -hmm. Damn it. <laughs> and that's Mothership. Thank you guys for playing. That's Mothership. That was our first time playing Mothership. It ended with... Freaking driver ray comatose on the surface of the jungle planet, probably running out of oxygen because he only has a limited supply. Max is just having a mech approach him while he's trapped in this D8 floating in the sky, and then clockies in pieces, and so's Dr. Jerry Conk. I had a lot of fun. This group's different than my home group, and that they're all really invested in being immersed acting, playing in character. Uh, my group at home is more about problem solving, but everybody there was playing super hard, head in the game all times, which I really loved. Clocky was a huge nuisance, which was great, of course. And for a one shot, we ended with people dead, people despairing, people unconscious. It's a perfect ending to me for a mothership one shot. Here's the amazing thought is, there's so many points where this could have gone differently. I still have no idea what happened at the facility tower. What would Corporal Ambrose Gideon have said? What valuable information was there? Was Ruth, was she in that mech? Was she consumed by these aliens? What, what the hell's going on? So the biggest design principle in Mothership is survive, solve, or save, which is that PCs can survive the mission, solve the mystery, or save the day, but they have to make a choice between only being able to accomplish one to two of those things. And they're always going to want to survive, but if they want to solve the mystery or save the day, it's going to cost one of those other things. So we had a few pieces of people solving the mystery scattered throughout, but the players failed to share that information with each other and investigate further. People wanted to move forward on the mission, 
but sort of the crosstalk and different goals made saving the day very difficult. And then again, because of both of those things, survival almost became impossible. So it was great that we were able to see all three of those design principles work in play at the table. Me as Max had no idea. I never really got the name Ruth until the end where Lindsay, sorry, Dr. Conk was like, is that Ruth? This is Ruth over here. Me sitting there, I thought, what the hell is going on? I knew nothing. And I still really don't know. I would love to know what the hell is going on. So that is the adventure of Psychotropics, as you called it, right? This module. Are we eventually going to have this module available, Sean? Maybe in a different form, but Psychotropics is a big module that I've been working on and brainstorming with one of the writers of the new module that's coming out of Gen Con, Dead Planet. Fiona Geist is really excited to work on Psychotropics and build it into a full-scale adventure. Cool. Well, you know what I'll probably have to do then is wait until that module's out, I'm guessing, because you're a son of a bitch and you won't tell me what the hell these things were. I do know... And let me know if I'm spoiling too much, that those aliens are called brain capes. And I have learned since about the Dorian, which was actually created by Donald Schultz, right? Uh, the brain capes and the Dorian were two monsters that were created to pass out as freebies at Gen Con and Origins for people who had bought Mothership and came by the booth. Donald and Nikki came up with the Dorian, Donald Schultz and Nikki Schultz from Board with Life. The brain capes Don Stroud came up with, along with two other monsters. And if we get a good enough response, we'll put these monsters up online as sort of free starter monsters to use in your campaign. Well, I'll tell you what, this is edited as much as I could. What you don't know is that this is like a three hour session, realistically, narrowed down to just like an hour session, plus our annoying commentary in between. So if you want the full audio, let me know. I can totally release it in its least edited form while it still makes sense. But in order to do that, go ahead, tweet us at PlayTKG and create the hashtag MothershipRPG. Say, release the audio hashtag mothership rpg and if we get enough people to do that i'll totally release that for you on our website so you can hear it if you'd like to but if you're not interested in hearing it without any of the annoying interruptions or cuts and hearing the microphone being passed around the hotel room i can totally let you hear that if if we get enough hashtag mothership rpg release the audio and that'll be done if you want to send us an email comments questions please do so podcast at tuesdaynightgames.com and i think with that being said this mothership episode is finished Hey, if you're at Gen Con this week, don't forget, booth 2051.